This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 73 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you enjoy what we do with the On The Banks podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us just by searching On The Banks. As we sit back, stay safe, and stay healthy, make sure to check out OnTheBanks.com for all your Rutgers sports news, opinions, and information. As I say to all my guests, I'll say the same to you, all of our great listeners. I hope everyone right now listening to this podcast is both safe and and healthy. I am really excited for this episode, and I think in the 73 episodes that I've done so far, this is definitely one of my favorites. On the podcast, I am joined by former Rutgers women's basketball captain and current ICU nurse Krista Evans. Krista is one of the many brave and heroic frontline healthcare workers attacking this pandemic head-on. As you'll hear soon in our conversation, Rutgers University coach Stringer Her entire staff and the women's basketball program as a whole really helped Krista become the person she is today. You know, as she and her fellow nurses lean on each other for strength during this crazy time, she and her teammates leaned on one another during the adversity they faced all four of her seasons as a Scarlet Knight. As her teammates turned to her during her two years as captain, her junior and senior season, to be that calming influence through the bad times, Her patients do the same now as she helps them battle the virus and leave the hospital on the road to recovery. Now, look, unfortunately, not all days are good as we have seen during these last five months, but our brave frontline healthcare workers like Krista are truly shining lights during this dark time in our country. Through good and bad, they work long, stressful hours putting their own health and own lives at risk in order to help others. You know, it's a trait of selflessness that not everyone possesses, but one that Krista certainly has. Just as she was during her time on the banks, Krista is a great representative of Rutgers University. And we cannot thank her and all of the brave healthcare workers enough for battling this virus every day and fighting to end this pandemic for good. Time to talk to the players. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. She's certainly one of Rutgers' finest, excelling on the court during her time with the women's basketball program and now fighting COVID-19 as one of the brave frontline workers taking on this pandemic head-on. I am very excited to be joined by former Scarlet Knight captain, Krista Evans. Krista, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and giving me some time. I'm great. Uh, Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out and, uh, you know, share my story and, you know, just... uh, kind of what went on the last four years at Rutgers and my time now as an ICU nurse. So I really appreciate it. So Krista, I want to begin with your time at Rutgers and on the court, right? You were a two-time captain, a team leader during your four years on the banks. What are some of the things you remember most fondly about your time as a Scarlet Knight between all the accomplishments the program had during your time here and all the big moments you played in during your four years? You know, I think one of the main things that stands out to me would definitely be my my teammates and my coaches. I I know it sounds, you know, kind of, I guess everyone says this, but my teammates had a huge impact on me. Um, Just how close we were, 
the teamwork that we had, my coaches learning from them, Coach Stringer, T-Jack, Coach Pointer, Coach Newton, all of them, you know, and just the, the impact they had on me because we went through – I was in three different conferences uh, my four <laughs> years. Um, the Big East, my first two. I think the American, my third year. And then the Big Ten, going into the Big Ten my senior year. So going through all of that um, and trying to navigate it together, uh, I think it's just – my teammates were amazing through all that, as well as my coaches. So it was great learning from them. Now, look, you won an NIT title during your time at Rutgers, went to the NCAA tournament. What about those memories and being able to play in such high-pressure atmospheres and high-intensity moments, and then to ultimately win an NIT title and then reaching one of your goals to play in the NCAA tournament and play in March Madness? You know, it was amazing. Uh, it, it was actually truly an amazing experience. And to see, because I, I, I know Coach Stringer wasn't thrilled about it, about going to the NIT, because um, I, I believe we got gypped that year. But the fact that, you know, we rallied and we were able to go to Texas and win in that kind of environment in front of thousands of people. And it just, I think it talks about our resilience and how we were as a team. And, you know, if we can bounce back from that, like, what what else can we accomplish? And the next year we went to the NCAAs and, I mean, we ultimately lost to UConn, but just the just the fact that we were able to bounce back and have another terrific year after that, um, I think it speaks volumes of uh, of our team for sure. You know, when I think of your time on the banks, I think of toughness, right? You know, you battled injuries and, of course, dealt with quadricep yeah. tendonitis. But even facing that adversity, you played in your four years, 32 games, 29 games, 29 games, and 28 games. How were you able to kind of fight through those obstacles and those injuries and really push, you know, I'm sure the pain to the side in order to get out on the court every night? You know, it was, I think it's all, it all has to do with mental, mental toughness, honestly, um, cause my teammates were, a lot of them were injured too. I know Essie had, uh, bad knee problems. I know, I know Brianna had open heart surgery. I mean, we all were battling our own things, you know, our own, uh, our own problems. So we were kind of all in that together. You know, if I can get through this and you can get through this, I mean, we can all get through it together, you know? So I, mean, I can't leave my team hanging if they, especially in practice, our practices are brutal. They're tough, you know, and they really, um, I think they really toughen you up for what's to come later in life, you know, just from practice alone, not even in the games. Um, but I think seeing my teammates deal with similar circumstances, we're all, we're all hurting. We're all going through this. Our, our season is super long, you know, but we have to lean on each other if we're going to, you know, if we're going to make it through, honestly. So I think that's what really, what it really came down to. So I've had Coach Stringer on the podcast a few times, and each time we mm-hmm. talk, we discuss basketball, of course, but we also go further yeah. and discuss how she tries to mold everyone who enters the program into the best they can be, both on and off the court as well. How did she influence you during your time on the banks and help you grow into the person you are today? You know, it's um, the first time I stepped on uh, on Rutgers campus in meeting her for the first time. She just has this aura. And she told us multiple times, like, we don't back down to anyone, to anything. Like, she does not accept anything less than our best, you know? I mean, my parents were like that. But to have that continuation into college when my parents weren't there, when my sisters weren't there, and she does not take any slack. If you, if you, if she even sees that you give less, a little less than what you're capable of, oh, she'll call you out. And she'll call you out in front of everyone. I mean, she never took the easy way out 
um, with whatever she did and how she, you know, and how she was raised and how she coaches. And she doesn't expect that from us either. And everything she taught me is how I'm able to get through um, what I'm going through today. It's, it's, it's mental toughness. That's all it is, you know? And, and, you know, when we stay uh, staying on your time at, at Rutgers, you were named captain, um, I believe, going into your junior season. What yeah. were your emotions like when you found out the news, when you were given that title, you know, knowing all of the great women's basketball players that have come through Rutgers and all the success that Rutgers basketball has had to be named a captain um, for, you know, the Rutgers women's basketball program? What was going through your mind? You know, what were your emotions and what were you feeling when you when you heard? You know, I was actually elated. Because I, I believed it was based on um, what my uh, teammates thought, too. And I was ecstatic, you know, but there's comes responsibility with that, too. I mean, if they pick you as a captain, then, you know, you have to do every, you have to do everything right. You have to be someone that they can look up to, whether it's in school, because um, we all went through our schoolwork together and we helped each other out with that and even on the court, too. So we held each other accountable. So when I found that out, I was ecstatic because maybe, you know, maybe I can have some a little influence on, you know, on my teammates and whether, like I said, whether it's schoolwork, whatever the case is, you know, we can hold each other accountable. And I was, I was very, I was honored um, to be named captain because that's a huge deal for me, huge deal. And I was just so proud of that, of that moment. You know, it's just, uh, it's one of those things I'll never forget. And I'll always appreciate So Krista, I was reading the article written about you on scarletknights.com. You mentioned the do or die speech Coach Stringer gave the day of the second round game against UConn. I believe it was your final game as a Scarlet Knight. Can you dive into the message that Coach Stringer gave that day and why today, five years later, that speech still kind of sticks with you and you hold it close to yourself? You know, it's, uh, I remember we were at Storrs, Connecticut and we were in UConn's locker room and second round and we were about to go out and play and this was probably we already went through our conference games but this was like this was it you know and benijah and essie and brianna like we all came up together and i remember that speech so clearly because she's like this is this is all you have left guys so you either go out there and battle or you know this this is it literally do or die and you have to put everything that you have out there, whether regardless if you're hurt, regardless of you, everything that you're dealing with right now, you have to go out there and you need to play. Play, if not for me, then for your teammates, because this is really all you have left. So um, I always remember that speech because it was it, it was it was my last game, you know. So it's uh, it was bittersweet, but it was that speech kind of. I don't even know how to explain this. It kind of, it stuck with me as I, even as I left college, because now battling COVID-19 with my teammates now on the unit, that's, that speech still resonates. Like you give all that you have, you don't, you, you don't accept anything less and you go out there and you do it. Joined alongside by former Rutgers women's basketball captain and one of the brave nurses working on the front lines of this COVID-19 crisis, Krista Evans, I'd love to hear how you got started as a nurse. What drove you towards pursuing this passion and working to help others and ultimately save lives? So I ended up actually shadowing a lot of doctors during my time at Rutgers. So I got to see a little bit of what they do, and they were so so nice of letting me um, 
come and chat with them. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't I was unable to get a job around um, because of the schoolwork and playing ball and what have you. There just wasn't enough time. So after I graduated Rutgers, I started working in the ER at Jersey Shore, and I saw what the nurses were doing there, and I thought it was awesome. I mean, they were competitive. They were intense. They worked their butts off for 12 to 14 hours every shift. And I'm like, that is what I want to do. It was like the coolest thing. It was like kind of like an epiphany, honestly. It's, it sounds weird. But um, so I ended up enrolling back at Rutgers uh, through the accelerated nursing program. I finished that, took the NCLEX. And then less than a month later, I ended up um, getting a job at the ICU at Robert Wood Somerset. And I've been there since August 5th um, of last year. So I, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's similar, but it's different from the ER Jersey Shore. It's, it's super intense, but I've been learning a lot and I have great team, team members who help me out. And it's almost like my team at Rutgers. It's just kind of like a continuation. It's just a different field. You know, I can see a lot of similarities between the two. You have to rely on your teammates as you go through a college basketball season and I'm sure even away from this pandemic, you have to rely on your fellow nurses to stay strong for one another and to be there for one another, regardless if you're going through a good or a bad day. That's honestly it. I mean, if if I didn't have them, it, it, I, I don't even know. It's It makes all the difference in the world, having teammates and those who will have your back no matter what. And that's what I have at this hospital. I, I can't even... I can't even say enough good things about them. It's it's truly wonderful. And I was nervous because I know not all places are like this, but um, they have my back and I have theirs. And even with not in the pandemic, um, it was still very similar. So just going into this together, um, it makes all the difference in the world. So you jump into your career almost now a year as an ICU nurse at RWJ University Hospital in Somerset. And while you know what is possibly to come, it seems like a career where you never know what to expect. How do you prepare for a career like nursing where new things are really just thrown at you each day? You know, I think you just have to take it as as they come. Um, we all learn together. If one of us doesn't understand something, we work through it together. And, you know, they're very good at like education on the job so we have a bunch of seminars we have a bunch of in-services we have things every other day that kind of keep us in the loop of what's going on and i think that's that's how we need to keep on top of things um something new will always be thrown at you but you just have to take it as it comes and learn from it and you know i think it will make you a better nurse in the long run and, you know, we talked about similarities before. I think there are a lot between your career on the court, as I said, and your career as a nurse. You know, as a team captain, one of your responsibilities is to be that calming voice during a time of panic and a time of uneasiness, as I'm sure you faced, you know, during the college basketball season from your freshman to your senior year. And as a nurse, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, one of your responsibilities is to be that calming voice when a patient needs it most, to be there for a patient and help them get through any adversity that might come their way, just as you were for your teammates. How would you say your experiences on the court, your experiences leading your team, helped prepare you for your career, especially since right now, we're going through a time where patients need more comfort and more of a calming voice than really ever before. You know, it's, uh, I think my background as a student athlete, especially at Rutgers, um, I think, I don't think any other situation could have prepared me more for what I'm doing now. Um, at Rutgers, with all the uh, difficulties we faced and the challenges we faced and the um, celebration that, that we had, like it's, 
there's no other situation that could have prepared me better. That's what Coach Stringer taught me, even as a captain. Because um, sometimes my, we were faced with difficult challenges that we needed to get together. And I tried to be that calming voice. I tried to be that person where, you know, I, we can't freak out. We just have to take it as it comes and we will deal with it. And whether that means schoolwork, um, playing ball, whatever the case is, but it's very much so like that um, in the ICU because our patients, they're unable to see their families, you know? So we're the middlemen between the patient and their families and communicating and FaceTiming and we're, we're reassuring their families that we're doing everything that we can to provide the best care possible. I mean, you may not be able to speak to your family members, but we're there. We're the calming factor. We're doing everything in our power to get them better. And I think it's an eye-opening experience. And I know it's it's not the same as being a captain at Rutgers, but they're very much similar. And I think my experience at Rutgers helped me to do my job today. So what has happened with this pandemic over the last four plus months has really taken a toll on everyone, but not many feel it more than the frontline healthcare workers going to the hospital every day, facing and battling this virus head on. What's your mindset just going into the ICU each day? And how are you and your fellow nurses able to stay so strong and stay so focused while battling what has been really one of the more tragic times in our nation's history? In, in all honesty, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. It really is. Um, but the fact that we know that we're not alone going through this, um, that personally helps me. You know, and my, uh, my coworkers, they're always like, if you need to talk, and they're like this with everyone. If you need to talk, we are here. My director, my the nurse managers, everyone, even the even the doctors. They're like, if you need to talk, that's what we're here for. Because you're not going into this alone. We're all in this together. So whatever you're feeling, you need to let it out because it, this is unknown. This whole COVID nineteen, like we, we didn't know really how it was going to end up. How these patients, what degree of sickness that these patients would be experiencing so we're all going through this together we're all learning together and people unfortunately some, some patients patients did die and you know you're trying to navigate it and worrying about your own family and not being able to see your own family it's it's a lot to take in but knowing that i'm not the only one going through this it helps me because my, my sister's also a physician assistant down in south jersey so she saw it too so we're we're all in this together. I know I said that before, but I think there's strength in numbers and we take it one day at a time. You know, unfortunately, so many other states now are, are going through what New Jersey went through months ago. You know, our state yeah. hit its peak in April. So many others yeah. are just hitting theirs now. There was, yeah. of course, a lot of worry here at the peak about potential what ifs. You know, what if there aren't enough beds? What if there's just no room left? How relieved yeah. are you that those what-ifs never really came to be? And what are your thoughts now seeing those same what-ifs pop up in states like Florida, Texas, Arizona, and others? I feel for them. I really do. It was shaky for us. I mean, we had an overflow ICU onto multiple other floors, even in the ER. With their, like, our, our ICU wasn't, wasn't nearly enough. So it was I, – I feel for them because I read all the stories of what they're going through now and – it's terrifying, you know, and I hope I think maybe one thing that's that could come out of this is that me. I think they'll be, you know, 
hopefully prepared as we will be if there's another wave i hope there's not but um but yeah no it's i i really do feel for them because it's it, it was not fun it was horrible <laughs> but uh you know i hope that they that they um get through this okay Krista, a couple more before I let you go. The virus certainly is not spreading at the rate it did in March and April and early May, but nonetheless, it is still here in New Jersey. You saw what ICUs and hospitals were like when we were at the peak, and obviously no one wants to go back there again. Would you say that's your biggest worry moving forward for healthcare workers, this spreading again, straining hospitals once more? And what worries you most as we push ahead, restarting our state as we get into now close to the fall months and then soon after the winter months. Yeah, I know um, that's always the concern, and I know my coworkers are f- feeling the same way that I that I'm feeling. Uh, that's always the concern that we're going to get hit harder the second time. And we got through these last couple months, and now it's it's a there's a bit of a lull, which is nice. But the concern is that there's always going to be a, a second wave, and that it's going to hit even harder than the first. So we're being diligent, our hospital is being very diligent about um, who is able to come in, um, if we have symptoms, who has to quarantine, um, mask wearing, everything. If you travel, then you may not be able to come back to work. They're very diligent um, about, you know, taking the right precautions to prevent the spread of this. Um, I think that's a, a, we hope for the best, prepare for the worst, honestly. And look, I think a lot of people with the spread going down and the case count not being anywhere near what it was at the peak, people are kind of going back to normal like everything is okay. What's your message to those people about what you're still facing while they're going to the beach, while they're having their parties, what you as an ICU nurse are still dealing with even though the spread is not what it once was? It's not over yet. That's all I can say. Um, I just wish people would be mindful um, cause we're still, we still have COVID patients coming into the ICU. It's not at the rate as, as it was before, but we still have even younger people come in who are diagnosed with COVID and, you know, they're, they're, they're battling for their lives. You know, it's not over yet. And yes, yes, things may be opening up more, but everyone still should be wearing a mask, just taking the, the right precautions just to stay safe. If not for you, then for your family, you know? Um, it's, it's terrifying and we see what it can do. And I think if everyone, you know, I know everyone's eager to just, you know, get out there and start living their lives again. It's unfortunately not over yet. And, uh, I wish it was, but I just hope everyone's still diligent about wearing their masks, taking the, staying home, um, taking the extra precautions because it's, um, you know, I don't think it's done yet. Chris, the last one for me. Now, obviously, you do not do this, and I don't think any nurse does this job for recognition, but over the last five months, nurses, doctors, hospital workers have really gotten a lot of praise and thanks for going to work every day and battling this pandemic and all the uncertainty it brings with it. How do you feel about all the recognition you and your fellow nurses are receiving, and how does it feel to be acknowledged for all the work you're putting in and for putting your own health on the line to help others and put them before yourselves. I I can honestly say that it's uh it's humbling for sure. When I signed up for this, I did not expect for all this to happen. Uh to be honest, I I it was a crazy eye-opening experience and it for sure the the recognition is humbling, but like you said that's not 
I, I, I didn't, I don't think anyone expected for this to happen. And the fact that we all were kind of thrown into this and battling it together, I mean, um, it's, it's not why we do it, but I'm just happy that I can help in some way. Anyway, you know, just trying to get through this pandemic, but I'm just happy that I was able to maybe pro- provide some relief and some care to the patients who are struggling right now. So She not only excelled on the court for Rutgers women's basketball, but she continues to represent Rutgers in the most amazing way as one of our brave frontline healthcare workers. Krista, thank you so much for taking some time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you so much once again for everything you've done during this pandemic and everything you will continue to do once this pandemic finally comes to an end. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's just, uh, it's great to speak with you, and uh, I hope you stay, stay safe as well, and, you know, we'll get through this together. I want to thank Krista for coming on the podcast and giving me some time to talk Rutgers women's basketball and her career now as an ICU nurse. All of the brave healthcare workers across the country deserve so much thanks for what they have done these past five months, you know, going to work as this pandemic rages on. As I've said before, it takes a special trait of selflessness to do what they do. Krista exemplifies what it means to be a Scarlet Knight and to be a Rutgers student athlete. She's shown her toughness, her strength, resiliency, determination, and care for others from her time as a captain of the Rutgers women's basketball program to now as she looks after patients during this crisis. She's a great representative of the program, Rutgers University, and all alumni across the country. I implore you to really listen to Krista's response towards the end of our discussion. While we have done well in New Jersey flattening the curve and coming down from the peak, it's not over. She still sees COVID patients in the ICU and is still taking the fight to this virus. But even with how well we as a state have done, I think she speaks for many, if not all healthcare workers, when she states all the worries going through her mind. It's on us to make sure those worries do not come to be. It's on us to make sure ICUs don't get overcrowded. It's on us to make sure hospitals once again don't feel the strain they felt in April. And it's on all of us to keep each other safe. And if we show the selflessness that all of our brave frontline workers show every day, I'm confident that some great days are coming to all of us very, very soon here in the great state of New Jersey. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.